Welcome to the Her Define podcast, here to help you define your own means of success. Do you have ambitious career goals but are feeling lost, confused, or even frustrated with where you're currently at? Maybe you have a passion to start your own business but don't know how to achieve it. Hi, I'm Juliana and I've been right where you are at several points in my life. During these times, I've turned to inspiring and ambitious women for guidance to point me in the right direction and lead me to a solution. Each week, here on Her to Find, a successful entrepreneurial or businesswoman will share her real-life experiences and insights while defining the ways in which she achieved success. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get into it. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Her to Find podcast. Last week was amazing. It was incredible. So I remember I said in last week's podcast, I have is anyone listening? Like, hello. I don't know if anyone really was, but I got so much feedback from all of you listening. And it was so nice to actually connect, like put names to faces, see what you want to hear, talk about what you're appreciating, what you're taking from this podcast. So thank you so much. And in addition, we were actually trending and charting last week Since I am still a podcasting newbie, I didn't really understand what charting or trending was. However, I have now been enlightened by my two guests that are on next week, so stay tuned for that. Basically, what they told me was that I was charting for Apple Podcasts for within Canada, within the entrepreneurship category at number 12. So basically, they take the top 250 podcasts within Canada for that category, and I was at number 12. That's just incredible. I can't even like I can't even comprehend it still. And then Spotify charts or trends differently. So I'm not really sure their whole algorithm or how they um, choose the trending podcasts, but her defined was also trending within Canada at spot number 18, I think it was, or something like that. And it's just it's so crazy that people are listening to this. And I'm just I'm so happy that these stories that these guests are sharing are being shared with wider range of audiences and people seem to really be enjoying them. So thank you so much to everyone. Okay, I promise for next week I'm going to stop saying thank you so much because I've literally said it in every single episode. Today's guests are two best friends based in Los Angeles who are dedicated to navigating the world of beauty and wellness together. After losing their jobs during the pandemic last year, they put their heads together to launch Selfish, a self-care destination to amplify the voices of small and minority-owned brands while also encouraging others to put themselves first. Rebecca Freed and Sheridan March love diving into the self-care community and want to support all of you in your own self-care journeys. Each box is packed with care and compassion, even including a handwritten note. There are no year-long commitments or recurring payments. With function and sustainability in mind, selfish boxes are individual purchase gifts for a friend or yourself, including everlasting brands and products. In this episode, Rebecca Sheridan and I discuss how to stay true to your brand's mission, why self-care is crucial and it shouldn't be so stressful, and how to foster and connect with a community. Can you explain your journey of how you got to where you are today and the process of creating and launching a business in the middle of a pandemic? So Sheridan and I have known each other for what feels like forever. Uh, We've known each other for 20 years. We met in kindergarten. We're 25 now. We 
kind of went our separate ways for college. We were on two different coasts. I stayed in California and she went to New York. And then I eventually moved to New York following college. So we were there together for a bit and then shared and moved back to LA. And, um, you know, when the pandemic hit, we were in our respective industries, Sheridan in entertainment and myself in fashion media. And I think, you know, we were working really hard and very fast paced industries, um, not necessarily making the time for ourselves that we needed to, doing our best to check in with each other always. I came back to Los Angeles during the pandemic because I lost my job. Um, and Sheridan also lost her job in the pandemic, as many who work in, in agencies at the more junior level did. So we really started spending so much more time together. We were going on walks almost every day together. And we just had the the space and time to really just get our brains turning. And Sheridan was finishing up her MBA program. She was in an entrepreneurship class. And she had this idea to create a box that kind of brought together all of these different things that we really care about, um, from health and wellness to beauty products. And we just kind of kept building from there. You know, it, it brought together two things that were happening at the same time for us, this realization that we really need to devote ourselves to self-care and share that with others. And also, um, you know, the pandemic affecting small businesses and um, many small businesses actually having to close throughout the pandemic and specifically Black-owned businesses and women-owned businesses taking a hard hit throughout the pandemic. So we really... We're trying to make a small impact in our small little wholesale orders um, could have helped a lot of these brands continue through the pandemic and through the holiday season of 2019. We're just on this journey together and figuring it out as we go. We're young, new entrepreneurs, and we'll see what happens with Selfish. Yeah, I mean, Rebecca touched on it a little bit, but I think during the pandemic, we both were asking each other, what can we do? How can we help? Especially with Black Lives Matter. Um, Rebecca has always been an ally to me. So we just constantly leaned on each other for support and how we could help was with Selfish and giving these brands and companies an opportunity to be seen and heard. You touched a little bit on this. You both lost your jobs during the pandemic last year. Explain what that experience was like and if you learned anything from it. Yeah, I mean, we both were assistants, so we were support staff and working crazy hours all day long. So the pandemic definitely made us do some reflecting and seeing what was important to us and what mattered. So we really took that going forward with us getting new jobs and going to business school again and just making sure that we are constantly doing what makes us happy. Yeah, I think another thing for me specifically was that, you know, in a more junior role where you are doing a lot of admin work, there's not a lot of ownership to what you're doing. And I think that's a really hard thing to have in your head this timeline of however many years you're going to be in a more supportive role and not have ownership over the things you're doing. So I think that's something Sheridan and I had in common in our experience. And I think that's part of why we were so ambitious with wanting to take on Selfish and really have this thing that we created. and we It's all ours. From conception to packaging to securing brands, what goes into curating a gift box? A lot. (laughs) Um, We definitely start by outreach. A lot of our outreach starts with emails, Instagram DMs, phone calls, Zooms. 
Um, it's really important to us, I think, first that we connect with the brand and the founders. It's really important that we talk to the co-founder because we run our business on our mission and our values. And we want to make sure that whoever is featured in the box, that their mission and values are also aligned. And then number two is we try the products. We always want to make sure that Rebecca can use the products and I can use the products. If it only works for one of us, it's just an automatic no, just because Rebecca and I differ in race and we want to just make sure that every product is really inclusive. And then in terms of sustainability, I think Rebecca can take it away on that. (laughs) I think if you're buying product at all, it's not the most sustainable thing. Um, I think for us, it's about supporting these brands and what they stand for. Um, And in terms of what we look for, for sustainability, it's really just using you know, non-toxic ingredients, um, mostly naturally occurring ingredients. Um, you know, if we're working with a candle brand, it's usually going to be soy and the wick is going to be wood or it'll be um, some sort of sustainably sourced cotton and the vessel is reusable. Um, and it's really a packaging question when it comes down to beauty products. So just reducing as much plastic as possible, finding alternative ways for us to package things. And it's a journey. I mean, we're a small brand. It's expensive to seek out sustainable materials um, and as well for the small brands that we work with. So I think as long as we can kind of get a sense of their commitment to becoming more sustainable, that that is enough of an alignment for us. Definitely. And this also ties into what you were just saying. So subscription boxes tend to have this idea of being wasteful or just impractical and non, non-functioning. So how is Selfish Box challenging that mindset? We only do include four products in our box. And that was definitely on purpose. We wanted to make sure that every product was going to be used essentially and had a purpose. Each product can be used more than once and we hope that it can become a part of your self-care routine and you can think to yourself, oh, I need a little bit of love and you can open up your self-care box. Yeah, we started off conceptually approaching it as if it was going to be a subscription box. Um, And I think as we delve deeper into how we saw the brand growing, we really didn't see a necessity to push new products on people every month or every quarter. Um, I think for us, it's a little reminder to take care of yourself. So it's a a really easily giftable thing. um, And it's not something that you're going to receive and you're going to throw away half of it, ideally. And that's that's the goal, at least. Um, So, you know, it's really us being as intentional as we can with choosing products and brands that we think have a luxurious feel to them. And I think also curating each box to really make sense and make every item have a place in a self-care ritual and to be approachable to anyone and everyone, Um, really trying to be as universal as possible. As Sheridan was saying, you know, we have really different needs, beauty needs, health, health needs, wellness needs, and desires expanding that and always trying to think beyond even just the two of us and our differences. And I also like how you only include like four or however many products because yeah, then you're going to really take the time to look at each one and it elevates the box because it's these are the four that are included. So they are are really genuine and, and good. Right. And I think 
you know, it would be easy for us to reach out to a bunch of brands and ask them to give us samples. That's a, that's a really easy thing. And it would be great for a lot of brands, but I think we would rather give our customers a full size, full size product that we're so confident. And even if that's maybe more expensive for us on our end. For us, we really wanted self-care to be something that wasn't intimidating. Um, A lot of people kind of don't really know where to start when it comes to self-care. And our box does have a theme. It's the self-care starter pack. So no matter if if it's your first time doing self-care or you're a guru, like this is the box for you. So I just think that we just wanted self-care to be fun and just get people to be a little selfish. Let's dive a little bit deeper into why it's so important to feature small businesses and minority-led brands. I think the first thing for us is that it's really uh, a new trend and something that I think we notice as a consumer trend is consumers looking to be more ethical in their purchases and their choices of what brands they support. And I think that's something that has come out of Black Lives Matter and a lot of social justice work in the past couple of years. And people want to know that the products they're buying into are aligned with their values. So I think we kind of do that work on behalf of our consumers to really make sure that that's the case. And the other aspect of it is really just wanting to make sure our community feels seen and heard. Um, And I think, you know, when you see brands that are more representative of you and how you look and how you feel and how you move through the world and your affinities, I I think that's just so empowering. So I think building off the message of self-care in itself, we want to help others love themselves by helping them feel seen. It's so important to give small and minority-owned brands the support that they need. Um, that and there's so many of them. So if we can do have a small impact and just give them the platform to be seen, I think we're pretty happy. It's so easy to log on to Amazon or Sephora or whatever it is and just kind of buy whatever ever, everyone's telling you to buy. It's a lot of effort to to source a small business to purchase something from. So I think we're trying to cut out that work for people and make it a bit easier. Who inspires the two of you? I don't know. I mean, I think we both are super ambitious. Um, I know that that's not a person, but I do think that like both of our ambition um, inspires both of us because we both are just constantly trying to like have an impact on the world and do better in any way that we can and support each other in that. So yeah, I would say our ambition. I would say first and foremost... Just like pretty much any badass female I've come into contact with inspires me. I think I've always just like sought out female leadership in everything I've done. Um, I think my mom inspires me. When I began my journey into the working world, I just have always gravitated towards um, really epic female leadership. In regards to growing your business rapidly in the past year, what lessons have you learned? Um, I would say that you cannot do everything. Um, (laughs) There's always so much to be done. And I think just giving yourself a little Mm -hmm. bit of grace and getting things done makes all the difference. And you'll get it done eventually. You don't have to do it all in one day. So just giving yourself that, that time. 
I feel like it's a lot easier said than done. I struggle with this too, where I'm like, okay, I, I literally can't do everything in one day, but do you have any practices or tips or like techniques that you do to allow yourself to have that grace? I mean, I think a lot of it comes from our partnership. I think we have different strengths and weaknesses and different approaches for sure. I think um, Sheridan's more of a, like an energizer bunny, go, 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 let's do it. And I'm more of a like, let's marinate and wait <laughs> two days to do it. <laughs> we're lucky enough to be in a partnership where we can keep each other accountable and make sure we're, we're still moving forward. And we're also able to have those moments where when it does get overwhelming, you, you have to be able to listen to that and, and question like, well, is this too much for us then? Should we slow down? And I think that we've done a good job of that just in having a relationship where we can be honest about those things. Um, but it's definitely hard. Yeah. I would say communication definitely helps with that. I think that we try and be as open um, with each other as possible because we are working together. We do have a company together. So I think if Rebecca needs a beach day, I have to be like, she's taking a beach day, you know? So um, I just think that it's just important to be flexible and, you know, nothing is that serious. What's the biggest reward from launching Selfish? I think it's our the community we're building. Um, we have moments, you know, almost every day, if not weekly, um, where someone reaches out to us and lets us know how much it meant to them that they received a selfish box or lets us know how beautiful they think the boxes are, whatever it is. And um, I think when we have those moments of realizing, oh, someone actually was did feel seen and heard by our brand, which is our ultimate goal, that's just so rewarding. Yeah. And I think it just makes all the hard work and the effort worth it to us to see other people feel happy about getting our product. How do you remain authentic in such a saturated beauty and self-care industry? Yeah, I think it definitely starts first with staying true to our mission, which is to empower individuals through self-care practice and ritual and to create a platform for niche brands to be seen and heard. So I think it's just super important that we just keep that at the forefront of everything that we do and make sure that we hold ourselves to that. What is your advice to listeners who are also trying to foster a community within their niche? I mean, I hate to bring back the mission into all of it, but <laughs> I think it's really important to like lay down um, your like your foundation. You have to have a foundation for anything that you do. And, you know, we started off by just getting a whiteboard and putting everything on a whiteboard and kind of just building off of that. And that's how we got to selfish. So I think you just need to put on paper or whiteboard what's important to you, what impact you hope to have and, you know, make the steps or take the steps to make that happen. The other thing is that we've had to like go out, get out there and reach out to the people that we want to be in our community and be really thoughtful and uh, purposeful about how we curated that. Because yes, there are some people that just happened upon us like you. But there's also a lot of people that we outreached and we were very thoughtful about trying to target certain niches on social media and bring them in and like give them a little hug and welcome them to the selfish community. I think 
you have to seek people out and it, it won't just come to you. So I think that's another thing we were willing to be, to put ourselves out there and say, Hey, check us out. You mentioned on your Instagram, there's nothing wrong with being selfish. In fact, when you put yourself first, you're able to serve and support others from a place of stability and strength. What are your favorite ways to practice being selfish? I love sweets. So like anything (laughs) that's sweet, like if it's a donut or like a piece of cake or a cookie or something, like that's just me being selfish Um, and just like indulging in something delicious. (laughs) Being selfish is prioritizing my needs and really connecting into myself and trying to listen to my my body to the best of my ability. I think we have such a go go goal culture, and you know, especially moving back to LA after living in New York for two and a half years, um, I really have experienced like such a slowdown in my body, and um, it's been amazing for me and so important for me to have the space and time to actually listen to my own needs and selfish is always a reminder of that as well you know to practice what you preach in your self-care beauty ritual what is your go-to or your holy grail product I honestly am like the simplest gal when it comes to like my beauty um my like face routine and everything um so I would honestly say probably like my cleanser, to be honest, because it just like wakes me up and I'm just ready for the day. And that's kind of really all I use. And Do you use a specific one or do you like switch it up? I have the most sensitive skin ever. So anything that will not disrupt my skin, I'm all game for trying it. I'm also really simple with my beauty routine. I don't like using a million different products and um, my skin is too sensitive for it also. And it's really hard to resist, honestly, all the skincare propaganda out there. <laughs> it is. It's so hard to resist. I will see some influencer doing their morning routine and I'm like, do I need a vitamin C serum right now? <laughs> <laughs> their eight step self-care routine. I'm like, should I commit to this? Right. Or they switch their skincare routine every day. I'm like, wow, that would be so nice to have skin that like allows you to do that and not or to like have a disposable $500 to spend on your morning routine and another for your night routine. Um, I'm trying to think what my, what my, my hero product is. Honestly, I swear by Aquaphor, I have such issues with all the different lip balms in the world. And Aquaphor is just a godsend for me. I don't know if we have that in Canada. It sounds familiar, though. Maybe we do. It's just like petroleum jelly. Like, it's just like, you know, locks in the moisture. Um, I think also flossing is the most underrated self-care habit. Have you tried tongue scraping or oil pulling? I that I've heard is life changing as well. You're not into the tongue scraping, Sheridan? Yeah, my my mom does oil pulling. Um, but the tongue you really threw me off there with the tongue scraping. Oh my god, I just like saw like a visual of a tongue. It's supposed to be really good for you. 
It's not pretty by any means, but it is like a lifesaver. So like what I'll do is I will oil pull then I'll tongue scrape and brush my teeth and then floss. And I tell you, my mouth has never felt cleaner. Is it like a tool? Like what is it? It's like a little metal. No. Um, little arch. <laughs> yeah. And it just, you scrape it off. It's disgusting. I'm not going to lie to you. It's so gross, but it's, it's so but satisfying. It's like also gross to leave it there, you know? <laughs> Imagine if you weren't scraping. Exactly. True. I don't know if I'm going to join you guys in tongue scraping, but start with the oil pulling and then and then graduate to the tongue scraper. I was having a I had a conversation the other day with someone we were talking about meditation and wanting to implement meditation into our morning routines and how that it's just a hard thing to get into and I've definitely tried mm-hmm. um not that hard but um and I, it's something that I want to get more into and she actually was saying how you know you can start with really small things like if you start your day by flossing in the morning they say it really wakes you up and invigorates you because you're like feeling such a such a tiny sensation mm-hmm. but it's so specific and if like focusing on like brushing your teeth in the morning and really feeling every brush and every part of your mouth little things like that are you know steps towards meditating and just being super super mindful and present when you do little things in the morning so that's a journey I'm trying to get on yeah and I love that idea of the simplest thing of even flossing that is I guess a form of self-care you know you're taking care of your oral hygiene but in a sense it's just the act of taking those few minutes to to do something for yourself what does a typical work day look like for the two of you so I know you have your separate jobs outside of selfish but if you want to just explain the whole process of it yeah I mean we're on the phone like I would say 87 percent of the day (laughs) yeah I mean I think that we do a lot of things together we do have to find that time to kind of separate and do things individually but it just works for us for right now I do selfish full-time Sheridan works like a nine to five, really more like a nine to seven. Um, (laughs) So, you know, we wake up in the morning and we usually have a conversation before she starts work. We take meetings at 8 45 AM, 8 30 AM so that um, we can have them before Sheridan starts her work day. And then I would say, you know, we, we have an intern that works with us three days a week. So that's, really, really helpful. And um, we're just constantly in communication. And, you know, lucky that we live in a remote work world where that's possible, because I'm not sure what we would do otherwise. And we work weekends. That's kind of the other thing is that we we sacrifice some Saturdays. um, And that's okay. And we just try and make it as fun as possible and try and come into the warehouse with a positive attitude um because sometimes it's hard to get yourself to work on a Saturday yeah especially when you work a full five five day work week yeah how do you define success or what is your definition of success success to me is just being really proud of whatever it is that you're doing and especially with selfish like I feel successful and selfish at the place that it is right now. I mean, it's everything that I thought it would be and more. I think there's so much room for it to grow and be seen by a wider audience. And I'm excited for that. Um, 
but yeah, I, I don't think success has to be like anything monetary or, you know, you're in like great magazines. I think that's great too. We'll always take that. But I think just success is just being happy with what you created and being proud of it. Definitely being able to reach those like few, but very specific goals we set from the outset of selfish. But I think beyond that success is it's more of a personal thing. It's finding purpose in your work and happiness and being able to pass it on. I think I'll feel successful when I can really pass it on in a meaningful way. And I feel like I am specifically to, to young women. I would love to pass on sort of all of the opportunities. I feel like I've been granted that will be, that will feel like success to me. What are some daily habits that you both have recently implemented that have contributed to your own success? Coffee. <laughs> I think coffee, water. Hydration. <laughs> yeah. The basics. I saw a meme today that was, what was it? Oh, it said, have you eaten? And it, and it said, I have. And this is like what I've eaten. It was like a photo of an iced coffee. I was like, I literally run on iced coffee. <laughs> No, literally me. And Rebecca's like, can you eat something? And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get to it. <laughs> It'll happen. She's like, I'm on my second coffee. Might eat something soon. <laughs> it's real. It's so real. I mean, I think organization is super important. Um, I mean, Rebecca and I have lists and charts and Excel sheets and Google Docs for days. Um, and I think there's always so much information to just have um, and also to learn. And I think it's important to have a place to put it all. Um, and it also makes it less overwhelming um, because you're just like, oh, let me look at this specific chart. And I know that if I look at this, I'll get the information that I'm looking for. Yeah, I think another thing that we try and zoom out and think about a lot of the time because we are just starting and Right now, it's the two of us and our intern, um, and we will grow. We will have a team one day. And so I think, especially while we're doing all of these things for the first time, thinking about our process and building out processes that can grow with the company and that we'll be able to clearly explain to someone who's not the two of us who have known each other for 20 years, I think is really important for us and something we try and really be conscious about. We're just starting to do custom boxes for brides and events like that. Um, and it's our first time, we have our first time client and we've been working with her. And um, I think we've done a really great job of just thinking about the process. And now we have a second client and Sharon and I yesterday just kind of looked at each other and we we were like, how great. We built a process. This is so easy now. We can do this every week. So um, yeah, I think that's really important when you're building a company to think about how it'll function when it's not just two people. Right. And it's so smart to like set out the framework so that once you're down the line and, and ready to u- utilize that, it's so satisfying to now see all the work that you've put in and see the process continue to evolve. Mm-hmm. And it totally builds on the organization that Sheridan was talking about. It's not possible without organization. Yeah. And I think it also just makes everything a little less stressful when you just have, you know, it could be three steps or two steps, whether you just have your one, two, three, 
and you can just get it done that way. I mean, Rebecca touched on it with our bachelorette boxes. Our meetings for bachelorette boxes are on Fridays, and it's something that we're really excited about, and we look forward to it, and we have our step-by-step, and we kind of have our pitch down, and it's just it just makes things run so much more smoother. I love that idea of the bachelorette box. I saw that the other day. I was like, this is this is brilliant. It's so smart. Thank you. It's so much fun for us because the two of us are so um, obsessed with weddings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, like, I, like we're so obsessed. Um, we watched it. I, yes, I watched Say Yes to the Dress on repeat. Like I am obsessed. <laughs> what are you most excited about right now? And what are some big projects that you and Selfish are working on? Well, we have a new box hopefully launching at the end of April. Um, so we're kind of gearing up for that. We've ordered all the new product. We're going to have our photo shoot next weekend. So that's super exciting. We have also started partnering with some really incredible nonprofits. Um, there's two right now that we are in conversation with. One is called Girl Now. It's a really awesome nonprofit that a friend of ours started. They empower um, vulnerable girls in Africa, in Uganda, um, through education. And, you know, they also teach them how to actually be economically independent. So that's really awesome. We're planning a panel event with them. So we'll see how that kind of pans out. And then the other nonprofits called Aviva, it's based more locally in Los Angeles. um, And that hopefully will be a really long term partnership. Um, We're looking to pledge a percentage of our profit to them. And we're also working on a really beautiful Mother's Day event where we're going to kind of help support creating a beautiful day for um, these homeless young mothers. We've always wanted to bring in a charitable aspect of our to our business. So the fact that it's, that's actually happening is so exciting. Yeah. I mean, I'm really excited about everything that we're coming up with. Um, we're coming up with a lot really fast. Um, so that's really exciting. I think the bachelorette box um, is also launching as well. And that'll be more of a customizable situation for us, which is something that we hope to be able to have customizable boxes across the board. So I think that that's also a really great opportunity for us to have that one-on-one relationship with um, the client and kind of give them exactly what they're looking for. So I'm really excited about that as well. Thank you so much for listening to the Her Define podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to like, subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Music, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I want your feedback. Do you have any successful entrepreneurial or businesswoman in your life who should be featured on an episode of Her Defined? If so, send me a DM on Instagram at Her Defined Podcast or by email at herdefinedpodcast at gmail.com. Today's episode has been produced and edited by yours truly, Juliana Dalacosta. Be sure to check back next Tuesday for another episode to hear her stories, hear her advice, hear her defined.